0: hey willow hello gene
1: <laughs> welcome to another
0: it is time for another episode of bookstabber the <laughs> glorious podcast that is about reading books me not liking them about loving books gene liking loving enough.
1: books it's about loving books
0: and we are in a bit of an upset on the year of sword and sorcery
1: i don't know i, I think that this is close enough for me it, there's no sword okay there's very little sorcery <laughs>
0: I I would argue there's there is no ni- there is fantasy element but it's pretty minor. I'm holding I'm uh. holding
1: on to it. I'm holding on to it. Was was this was this? Oh oh so today we're talking about uh, Tea with the Black Dragon by R. A. McAvoy from 1983. Was this on the list of books for you? I, no. I, oh, this is one that I had on my shelf.
0: Yes, the the reason that we picked this book is because Gene wanted to read uh, the Pastel City, uh, author of which I don't remember Harrison, I think. And uh, I started it. I was re- I was just not into it. I got like a chapter and I said, no, I can't read this whole book. This is too long. And uh, you pulled out a just a bunch of as as Gene often does for me, which I think is very cool. Is it just puts a bunch of paperbacks on a on like his couch, takes a photo of them, and just tells me to pick one. So I picked uh, Tea with the Black Dragon and. Now I assumed that based on the cover of the book we you did the thing where you judged the book by its cover and that made you think it was a sword and sorcery book right
1: No I I think I read this book a long time ago and I kind of knew what this book was about and I knew it was fantasy but uh-huh. but I just it, it was short fantasy and I think the fact that the fact that it took you a week to communicate with me put me behind a little bit and I just thought well there's probably some sorcery in this book I was wrong <laughs> But right. but so but still but- what genre would you call this book? I think it's. Uh... Oh, it's fantasy. It's definitely fantasy. It's not. It's not high fantasy. Yeah. I, I mean, I think. No. I, yeah. It's. I think if it was written now, it would border on paranormal romance, but it's it's not quite there either. Um, so, so can I give the pitch for this book, and you can try to tell me what? <laughs> you can try to correct me.
0: Yeah.
1: Go. But, well, first we should say we're going to completely spoil this book in talking about it. So, if you haven't read it, uh, I highly recommend you go read it. It's it's short enough and interesting enough. Uh, Willow will probably have a different opinion. The book is, it's about a musician uh, in her 50s, Martha McNamara, a violinist who, her daughter Liz, lives lives on the opposite coast in San Francisco and calls her mom for help. And Martha rushes, because it's very unusual that her daughter would, would call for help. Martha doesn't know what's wrong, goes to find out what her daughter puts her up in this fancy hotel. And then her daughter does not answer her phone calls. And it seems very, very hard to find her daughter. And at the Fancy Hotel, uh, Martha McNamara meets a man named Mayland Long, who says he is part Chinese. He's He seems to be some kind of scholar. He's, he's a bit mysterious. And he talks about uh, famous figures in the past as if he met them personally, tells stories about them, um, as if he's been alive a long time. And the... Uh, I think it's the bartender who introduced them actually says, this guy's a little crazy. Like if you get him drunk, he will tell you he used to be a, a giant black dragon with five fingers, uh, on a five, five, five fingers on his, each of his clawed hands or whatever it is. And, uh, she's kind of like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And they kind of seem to be falling for each other and having these very like Taoist, like Zen conversations. These very, these conversations that are very much riddles and weird and seem very full of meaning. Um, but are a bit, a bit weird for me and then um they're they're looking to try to find liz martha's daughter uh and they're kind of on the track and then martha is kidnapped basically she disappears and i think that's a good place to leave it and then the rest of it is kind of a detective story trying to find her a a long who is probably a, a dragon trying to find uh martha who he's probably following? Yeah, for. I
0: definitely, I definitely did not expect missing person uh, mystery, which is what the most of the book is. It really
1: is. It, it, it was a very strange turn. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. it it opens. I mean, it, it it's very obviously like kind of drawing on uh, Eastern philosophy, right? Martha McNamara is like looking at the yeah. at the water. She talks about uh, studying the studying the subtlety of water. If you if you would know the way. Um,
0: Here's the thing. I I
1: enjoyed this book. Did you? Oh I my god. It. What? Yes. What? Oh, these are words I never thought to hear. Okay.
0: <laughs> I enjoyed this book. However, I would have a hard time recommending it because I do feel like it's just very orientalist, you know, in nature. It's uh it, it's you know this book written from is published in eighty three and uh, I don't I don't think they would make this book today in the same way.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I mean it, it's 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 not. It, it feels a little clumsy.
0: Yeah, th- there's a lot about that is clumsy, and there's this interesting angle that it's sort of self aware that like you know that the the culture that it, it came out of was full of you know. David Carradine, Kung Fu, and and a lot of you know Asian exploitation. I, there's probably a better word for that. That that we that America had a had an affair with uh, Oriental mysticism for a while. That was you know easy to explain anything, whether it be superhero origin stories or you know something like this. Well,
1: and it's yeah yeah. Well well I, I I was reading it and I thought I thought like all all the stuff that's in this book is kind of buried in different uh, Ursula Le Guin stories. And novels, oh? yeah, to some extent. There's a lot of I think there's a lot of um, Eastern philosophy at the core of some of Legin's books, at least as far as I understand it, which is mm-hmm. which is very surface level. And this is sure. this is almost like it's a little more like Shogun. <laughs> Did you ever see the old James Clavell yeah. Shogun miniseries? I mean, I never read the book, but
0: well, I'm curious because I don't see this book as actually having any eastern philosophy in it really like you know so malin long is a really cool character i think Mm -hmm. um even if he's a little bit of a stereotype right or i don't know how much i don't know how much percentage of a stereotype you can be if not 100 percent.
1: well i I think the descriptions of him are pretty stereotypical and he's described as oriental which is is not a way we would describe somebody now um you know but
0: well and it's one of these things that it's like it it makes every part of it sort of makes sense in fantasy context that it's like he's He's, he's this ubermensch because he is literally a dragon made manifest well he looks he know. looks super weird
1: he looks he looks inhuman in a certain sense right
0: well right which is also a which is an othering factor that is not great I'm, i'd be curious to know who the author like i don't know anything about this author i don't even know their gender
1: uh it's a uh, uh roberta ann mcavoy a woman who who mm. has con- kind of gone away from writing and is now coming back into writing apparently after after uh, a, t- a period of illness from what i read and and this book this book was really well received like like when it was written, it was yeah. it, it was nominated for the Nebula, the Hugo, uh, the Locust Award for Best First Novel, uh, and and uh, McAvoy won the John Campbell Award for Best New Writer, which I think has since been renamed because John Campbell was kind of a, a bastard. But
0: right, I mean, I think that when this book came out, it probably would have been hailed as being progressive and i think that uh the the times just have changed a lot right well
1: yeah and I, and I don't want to pick on the book for that but i but i think like there's a lot of weird I I, I I i mean i mean like like uh malin long is very wise he has an amazing memory he recognizes martha mcnamara or her name or something and he 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 realizes he has an obscure 78 that she played the violin on that he thinks is marvelous. And she's very flattered by that. Right. Then he tells a story of, about Thomas Reimer, which is, it, it is, I think, I think away from this. Like, oh, he knew Thomas Reimer. All right. Not, not, the, not the ballad by Walter Scott, but the actual Thomas Reimer. And he tells this story and says that he got the story from, not from Reimer himself, but from Reimer's son. Like, he tells the story. It's very interesting.
0: Well, I just want to say that, so I think this book does two things that are things that I enjoy in genre fiction that if you're, if you're trying to win me over, these are, these are things that you can get to win me over. Oh. So one of them is the fact that, that this character is, is a dragon who is like solving a mystery, right? Like that's cool. Yeah. There's a lot of genres of things that I would not be interested in, but then as soon as you put a wizard in it, you know, like that's why <laughs> I like the, those uh, Harry Dresden books. D- those are also extremely problematic. I, I am aware. How oh, do you like those?
1: I'm, I'm very, I'm very, I'm, I'm here. Glad to hear that
0: right they're they're pulp mystery but they have wizards in them and so now they're cool <laughs> and so this is basically the same thing it's just like yeah just throw in a dragon he hmm. like he he could basically he almost never even does anything that a human couldn't accomplish which is part of the point right that he, but he's sort of superhuman in he he's he's just above like he's you know captain america capable right he's
1: slightly superhuman yeah yeah it's it, it's a very strange it's it, he's a very strange uh level of of not quite human there's that first part where he's getting to know Martha, and they're kind of they kind of start to look mm-hmm. for Liz together. I love the description of what he used to look like as a dragon that he told the bartender, where he said he 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 was ten yards long and solid black with a head like a chrysanthemum. I love that. that that's a great mm-hmm. description of a dragon. Oh, I've never seen a dragon like that, but it makes me conjure something up in my mind. Right. Like 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 I love that. And and he just he sits there with untranslated Chinese poetry. He has this he has this uh, room full of books. I totally I totally relate here. This is great. He's he's like the character we have in uh, in Fiends of the Library every October, right? The the Dragon Library character. Um, that's fine. Right, right. And but he's also maybe dangerous. There was like a, a dead body found outside of his room with its neck snapped, and he's like, No, 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 I had nothing to do with it.
0: Like, right. Well this plays into fantasy tropes of dragons that I am a fan of. That that they're highly cultured, that, you know, they're collectors. They have a horde, right? Sure. And so his his horde happens to be records and statues and books of poetry like that's fun Mm -hmm. you know this is a i enjoy these tropes so the second thing that this book does that is an easy way to win me over is that it's a it's essentially a don quixote story that you're supposed to even though i think we all buy in pretty early that that he probably is a huge black dragon who has been transformed into a man right i think the author wants you to spend a lot of the book going hmm i don't know is he just a weird guy or is he a dragon And, you know, I really like that. That's a, that's a trope that I've always been really into the sort of existential protagonist who believes one thing that is contrary to reality uh and no nobody can shake them of that belief right
1: right right but but i mean like like he's he's hardly hiding the fact that he's a dragon right <laughs> you know if he was like a vampire he'd be well he'd be the worst vampire just hiding in plain sight Yeah, so i'm a vampire well but at the same time we we have good reason to believe that he's a
0: dragon part of it is because we get some story from his perspective right that that we we get uh, a little little bit in into his inner monologue that sure sounds like something a dragon would say but he like you know the author does a fairly good job of he doesn't do anything that is extremely impossible he never breathes fire he never Mm.
1: yeah i agree i agree i i i I agree and he never goes hey i'm a dragon he never has that whole monologue about who he is (laughs) and what he is which i like like that would be way too explain right right? i mean there's essentially this story that runs throughout that he was sent here from uh pay i think um, to meet his master, right? Mm-hmm. He mentions it very at the very beginning and it's finally expanded upon at the very end of the book, right? That he's been sent to meet his master. We don't know why and we don't know who told right. him that. And he also, he's also thinking, like it's it's also very clear that Martha is probably that master because he says that he can, he kind of tries to describe her and he he says there's like, and the air, the air around her is like charged with reality and it feels like like the sun or the wind on his face when he looks at her. And, right. But he describes that as the Tao. He says that is the, like, I, like, it was the Tao. It's like that. That's very. that feels, right. that feels
0: very clumsy to me. It feels in. It <laughs> feels inaccurate to my understanding of Taoism.
1: Right. Well, me, me, but- me too. But I'm always like, well, do I have a misunderstanding of, of it? I mean, I don't. I I don't know. It, it it's um it it's strange and and it's either above my pay grade or it's. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a little off in understanding, but, I, but I'm gonna say it's a I'm I'm gonna say it's above my pay grade, right? But it's it's so it's, sure it, it,
0: that's a fair designation. But it, but
1: but it's so it's so direct that I'm like okay. And then I don't know. He talks about the Bodhidharma like facing the wall for nine years, right? Talk has this conversation with Liz. I think the marvelous thing about the first few chapters is the conversations they have. They're just kind of getting to know them. Conversations. They're kind of intrigued with each other for different reasons. And it's a little it's a little silly and not quite romantic, but it's it's kind of nice. Like I, I don't read a lot of books like this. That just where the conversations. Just go on. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I, I I enjoy the romance of it as well, which I'm I'm a sucker for good romance. This isn't great romance, but it's
1: fine. It, it, it's not great, but it, it made me think that in in comic books and graphic novels, there's so much more dialogue than there is in most fiction. And um, I'm used to having that level of dialogue, and it feels like this book has that level of dialogue in certain scenes. There's, like, there's a lot of dialogue, a lot of back and forth, and it seems, you know, interesting enough, right? And then, like, Martha kind of reveals that she's there to see her daughter Liz, and she can't get a hold of her, and then she's going to go investigate, and Long basically helps her go investigate. And there are some hints of long like liz sees the dragon sculpture in his room it's called oolong and she she says she'll call him oolong which also which doesn't isn't just a kind of t it means black dragon and so he's shocked right he she apparently sees things for what they are um did
0: liz was that liz or was that oh sorry that was
1: martha that's martha yeah and then they go to stanford they go to fss which is where uh liz worked and they then then uh long takes them to a place called Friendly Computers to meet this guy named Fred because he knows that he Fred yeah. Fred writes about computers and was probably in class with Liz I, at uh, Stanford.
0: I do love how entrenched in that in that time period this book is oh my that, god like,
1: oh the, the word processor stuff
0: oh my god i can just i you know reading these i could just picture those giant clunky computers like like this movie to, uh, i'm sorry this this book was very cinematic because i felt like i was watching an old made for tv movie like
1: it's super awkward the early 80s is an awkward time yeah
0: oh but i love that about i love that time I think we should do more with
1: it. Well I lived I lived through that, right? And so I I mean I remember these mm-hmm. clunky old computers and these word processors, these command line word processors that had no real graphic interface and that you had to you know, like mm-hmm. like it it was bananas, but so so strange to see in this. And and this is obviously advanced tech at this point, right? I mean, my memory of this kind of stuff probably comes, like, two years later when it was totally different. But they go see uh, one of Liz's old professors. Like, Fred's comments lead them to one of old the old professors and... I, I, I don't know. Oh, 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 oh. And then here's the moment. Here, here, here's the, the the big turn is. They go talk to the professor. The professor says that Liz went to go consult somewhere, went freelance. So now they're, like, trying to find her somewhere else. I, I think points them somewhere and then Long Long tells Liz, like, like he wants her to tell him what to do, kind of. He changed his living, his language. He doesn't know how to, what to do. And then he he picks up a rose on the ground. Do you remember this scene? This pivotal scene, which is is weird to me.
0: Well, you're confusing again, uh, Liz and Martha. Oh,
1: sorry, sorry, Liz. I mean Martha. Mar- Martha. So, so it's
0: Martha. Mar- Liz hasn't actually shown up. In Liz the hasn't book. shown up they're, yet. They're sorry. searching for Liz. They're searching right. for Liz, but it's, it's but yes. Martha.
1: So, so long long is having this this talk with with Martha. He wants he wants the master to tell him what to do, how to live properly. He has not quite named Martha as the master. And he picks up a rose from the ground and talks about it as a symbol. And Martha says, symbol? What's a symbol? That, that's a rose. And it's like a gong goes off, and it distracts Long, so he does not walk with her. And Liz kind of walks ahead of him a little bit, and a bus gets between them. And when the bus moves she's gone or sorry martha martha gets martha walks away and then when the bus moves between them when it pulls away martha's gone she's disappeared she's 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 been kidnapped actually which becomes pretty pretty plain pretty quickly and now it's a detective novel for like that's like that's like (laughs) that's like four chapters and then it's a it's a detective novel with with uh long trying to find martha and finding liz in between there it's very strange
0: we had set out to find liz nakamura then and and we find her shortly after the disappearance of martha and then the whole book is back getting martha back uh, right
1: because liz very quickly says oh she lied oh he lied like my mom's not being held <laughs> right so long
0: i feel like the detective part of this novel like you know it's fine i'm not crazy about detective stories to begin with i i i can read a good one this one is is just fine i think it does a good job focusing on it, we give we a good time switching between scenes and we you know i like when we see you know the the person captive and the, them talking to their captor uh, right. and getting some back and forth there and, and getting the whole picture. I hate ones where we only ever follow the the detective and, and, and only until the end see the, you know, the captive or the the missing person, right? You,
1: you, you mean you, you, you like the split point of view here? That, that's, that's very, it's very rarely yeah. done, but it's done in a couple of chapters? Yeah, I, I would say so. I'm gonna say I am gonna say I don't like it. And, and I'll t- oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Controversy. No, no button heads. No, no, it's it's just I think it's I think it's consistent with the rest of the book, but it's used inconsistently. So like so we find out Martha has been taken, and uh, Liz Liz has been up to no good. Liz has been robbing a bank using software, and it's this kind of convoluted explanation. It's a very dated, convoluted explanation about security software, and and basically, her mom is being held as a threat to her against her revealing what's been going on by the by the two men she's been helping rob the bank over time, and it's been robbed electronically, I should say, not uh, not in person, right? Just just with via software. There's some kind of like the book kind of equates or Liz kind of equates uh, being a wizard with being a computer programmer which is a little a little weird there's
0: a lot of talk about like well that person is a computer wizard and right May,
1: you know because
0: mayland long is a dragon, is a wizards rule oh, but nobody would want to be a wizard they're all charlatans
1: well and, and long's and... whole thing is language and computers are just another language mm-hmm. and so it, I, I like that take i like the take i like the idea that long has computer language books in his collection and that long can 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 speak about computer language um so there's two people uh, there's uh, rasmussen who rasmussen and this thug named Threve, who Liz was robbing the the bank with. And and things have gotten ugly and they've kidnapped her mom. And um, basically, if Liz has to bring this letter she wrote and had printed on a very specific computer at, at work where she worked with Rasmussen, she has to bring this letter that she has threatened to release and reveal the whole plot and what's been happening. Uh, she has to bring it to Rasmussen or they will kill her mom or Threve will kill her mom. Um, But it's like the next day. And so there's very little time and um, she can't accompany Long. And now it's kind of like a a one night thing. Long has to either produce another letter for Liz to take so that they still have the original as backup or Long has to find Martha McNamara and free her so, so no harm can come to her right um
0: yep i would say yeah it's a, a good summary of events
1: but even though there's violence it wasn't particularly heart heart pounding violence for me i mean long kind of breaks into a few places and jumps a 10 foot wall and does some other things that are slightly impossible for a man of his age
0: right he spends a, a, a decent portion of the book having been shot in the arm and just kind of dealing with it
1: by, by a 22 caliber rifle which you, you wouldn't think would affect a dragon but apparently <laughs> he is well but
0: that's just it is that he is he was once a dragon but he is mortal now apparently you, you know and it gets explained at the end
1: M- mortal with some great uh grip strength and like like a, a good a good vertical leap
0: you can take the scales and wings out of a dragon but you can't take a <laughs> dragon out of a grip strength. i don't know
1: i don't know either i mean like 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 fred there's always some residual dragon effects right (laughs) fred frisch comes back in and and, and so 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 my least favorite bit of this is there's a chapter where where long is going to break into rasmussen's house to see if martha's there and then we we cut to martha asking her captive threve for a beer uh and he won't give her one he says it'd be a waste so she knows they're going to kill her cuts back to rasmussen discovering long in his house and having this gun and shooting it, Long a bit, and then Martha won't talk. In, cutting back to Martha, and she won't talk into the tape recorder to tell Liz she's okay, and she's beaten severely. And then it cuts back to Long, um, and and um, and I think this is where Long is shot. Right, maybe longest shot before that. He he escapes though, mm-hmm. and the, the cat is killed. There's a cat killed, so we know Rasmussen is a real bastard because yes. Rasmussen kills his cat accidentally with his twenty-two. Tr- trigger warning:
0: a cat dies in the book. Throw the book away. Never read it.
1: Right, and then so 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 what I what I don't like, and I I guess I guess the argument could be made that Martha is uh, unconscious for the rest of this. Right, for the next like. Mm-hmm. For the rest of the evening from the from the beating or mm-hmm. she's dead it implies it implies she's probably dead and and long is told as much later on when he finally catches up right to the bad guys
0: the bad guys want long to believe that that Martha is dead they keep saying it over and over right but not
1: not for not for a bit because he doesn't really find them right like long goes back to Fred Frisch and Fred frisch patches him up and says oh maybe long is like an alien <laughs> right maybe he's an ET right. <laughs> and then long drives this really cool car a Citroen that has like I this... like
0: that. I like that Fred frisch becomes sort of a Sancho Panza
1: kinda but not I think I think he literally makes
0: that reference at one point I think he does
1: too yeah but but he's not he's not that interesting and long is not tilting at windmills, right <laughs> I mean it's it, 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 it's it's just Fred, Fred frisch, well Fred fresh's only only claim to fame is like he knows a little first aid he uh he he had a crush on Liz and um he can kind of point them in the right direction a couple times he's kind of the only character long can go to other than the uh other than the bar Bartender. Here's the
0: thing, though. I mean, this story is self-awarely a take on Don Quixote. Now, it's it's a twist in that in this story, he he was a dragon. Like, that part is true. It would be as if Don Quixote were actually a knight, right? But nobody believed that he was a knight. And so I guess it, which, it raises an interesting question. Would the, Do you think this book would have been more interesting if, if Long actually were not a dragon and were just a crazy guy?
1: I I, th- I think it would be more interesting if I didn't know. Yeah. Because
0: <laughs> if it weren't so obvious.
1: Well, well I mean it, it's it's not it's not 100% obvious. I mean it it, it is, right? Because it's it's in the fantasy section. I mean this is it's 100% obvious. But but if right. if if Martha didn't accept it at the end, right? If everybody still thought he was mm-hmm. insane. Yeah. That that'd be a very different book. It'd be it'd be much funnier. Like if he was just off his rocker, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean um but it it would be this, this book is so sincere at every turn right it's it, it's it really is um, yeah. it, 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 and it's not a bad thing it's just it's just not written for for that laugh
0: i mean i enjoyed sincerity but i also i mean i so like if we were to uh familiar with the george c scott film titled they might be giants in which uh his character believes himself to be sherlock holmes
1: <laughs> I, I yes, I, I've uh, seen it, but not for a long time.
0: Like, do you think that that like that? I, I would. I think that movie is sincere, right?
1: It, it is, but he's to, he's totally wrong, right? I mean, like,
0: right. But that's what's beautiful about it. Right is th- is that his belief is stronger than the reality.
1: Right, right. I mean, it, it it works there, but it gives it it gives it a very strange tone throughout because you're kind of like,
0: well. I mean, right. That, yeah, that's, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I, I, I don't, I mean, I, I just don't think this book would work like that because, because the whole thing is about sincerity and reality, right? I mean, like, but maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to critique the book for, for that, but I think, I think it would be, well, I, I think the acceptance of the reality of him as being a dragon, like, is, is very mm-hmm. early in the book, right? L- like, like, it's very, it's very early because you're reading a book in this genre. Like, if this book was published as literature, it would be a different thing, but it's not. It's, pu- it's in the fantasy section this is what it is right i wish that they
0: had given us you know um one of my favorite movies uh the arnold schwarzenegger total recall which is to say the the the, of the two movies called total recall the only good i think that uh, like that movie does a great job of giving you reasons to both believe that he is in a in a simulation believe that he is not in a that this is really happening right 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 right. they do they do a great job of of playing it both ways of that and and the end of the movie you know it's really up to you what you think is happening
1: oh come on if michael ironside is in your dream you know it's a dream (laughs) michael ironside is but he's arnold schwarzenegger (laughs) michael ironside isn't even in
0: the (laughs) but arnold schwarzenegger
1: yeah i i my my big critique of that movie is christopher lambert should have been in it but
0: (laughs) I don't know. That's a
1: weird. Who would he be? He would be the baby in the guy's stomach. <laughs>
0: he would be Quato?
1: Yes. <laughs> I love You know that character's how name. Do and I don't. <laughs> how
0: do you? How do you know he is? Doesn't play the voice of Quada. Like oh, I can. I can plays tell. plays the voice of Quada? I can huh? tell. I can tell. Who?
1: I can tell. It's not Christopher Lambert. I can tell you that.
0: Because <laughs> his English is too good.
1: No, it's just. I mean, Lambert has a very specific voice, and that's that's not yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, he could have been anybody. <laughs> he could have been the. uh oh, wait. He could have been the, th- the three-breasted hooker. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. In, All in, right. Let's, in great okay, cast. We're gonna. Be-
0: we're gonna remake the movie again. We're gonna get uh, elderly Christopher Lambert to play the three-breasted uh, woman I will ta- on Mars. I will yeah. tell you,
1: I have never never been able to watch the remake. I have never seen it.
0: I have seen it. It is... I feel like we've talked about on this podcast because it is so atrociously bad. Is it bad? It's, oh. uh, here, if you want to know how bad this movie is, we, this is uh, Willow's Derailment Corner where the podcast goes off the rails and we talk about bad movies. Uh, <laughs> in the Colin Farrell version of Total Recall, uh, they don't go to Mars. Mars is never on the table. What? Because, so it takes place, the whole movie takes place on Earth and the idea is that Earth uh, had a bunch of pollution and nuclear war uh most of earth is uninhabitable like over 90 percent of it is uninhabitable the only places that anyone can live anymore get this is england and australia oh, okay and not only are those the only places they can live but get this everybody if i remember correctly everybody lives in england but everyone commutes to australia <laughs> for every day to work every day and so there's a massive tunnel that goes to from england to australia that goes through the center of the earth. Oh my god! And the only reason this is there is because because they set this up at the beginning. They show and like it takes like I don't know twenty minutes to go through the tunnel. Like it it it's you know okay. every part of this is stupid. But they go and and it, so once you go through the center of the earth, gravity flips, and so now you're on the other side. So this is the only reason they did this is so that they could have a fight scene where they're in the big stupid tunnel, and where Colin Farrell takes advantage of the gravity flip, and all of the books he's fighting don't, even though. Th- the world is ruined and this is all that exists and everyone has been on this tunnel this the tunnel that all of humanity requires it's one of the dumbest things ever Well wow,
1: it sounds uh it sounds really bad i'm never going to watch that okay i like that I, I like i like i like i like willow shitting on old movies that i haven't seen so uh back to this so so uh long has been shot he has to he has to get either a letter or um a letter a letter typed on this machine which is in rasmussen's company or he has to find find martha fred patches him up they go they they so first they sneak into rasmussen's office to get this letter And, and remember what's on the wall how do we know rasmussen's a bad guy not only has he shot and killed his cat but what what comic strips does he like
0: garfield garfield that's correct doesn't he leave at some point in the book i think it's one of these he's like around a corner or something you can see like the gun clutched him and he's like i'm sorry i had to kill my cat but i'm not gonna be sorry i killed you like yes yes some awful villain line to that effect
1: well i i I, I found the garfield reference so strange because there are there are like no other things i mean the computer technology all dates this but there's there's no other mention of any pop culture anything in this book except for Uh... hagar hagar the horrible and garfield it's very Very strange it kind of comes out of nowhere you
0: know that that is something from my childhood as a child of the 90s that i miss so much is going to my parents workplace and see- seeing comic strips on everyone's office doors right. that was just a thing that everyone did that was like an acceptable way to make you know your workplace like slightly more fun mm-hmm. to <laughs> We live in stupid times well
1: so so librarians still do this librarians still uh print out and post comic strips yeah so 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 my favorite thing uh was always i would go to libraries where people didn't know what i secretly did and uh i would see my comics up on their walls and i'd be like i'd be like oh that's nice you know
0: do you think there's do you think there's some of my uh library comics on people's walls right now i do
1: i do in fact yes but I Dang. I don't get to go into the back room to see anymore. <laughs> if I ever see one, I will I will take a picture for you. How's that?
0: If you if you're listening to this podcast and you've printed out uh, some library comics, uh, write in. Tell me about that. Actually, I need I need positive
1: reinforcement <laughs> take a photo and send it in <laughs> let's see uh,
0: if you tell me that's enough you don't have to send the pho- photos are nice
1: dude. uh let's see so long knows that if it like when this is all over they're going to kill martha anyway so he has to free her uh he goes back to liz's apartment i think and uh rasmussen has her at gunpoint and that's when rasmussen says martha's dead uh that three have lost his temper beat her to death choked her out um, and that, and he says you made me kill blanco the white cat uh and he throws he he hits long puts him and uh Liz in the trunk of his car and drives very quickly to the boat where he's going to take them part of the way we're doing they're making their escape he and three with their money and uh they're going to push them overboard somewhere in there
0: can i also say i really hate the name three
1: Threave is terrible
0: it's 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 a terrible name it uh like every time they call him Threve, I think like this person must be like a he can't be human, right? He's got to be some sort of monster man. He
1: sounds like a wizard. Sounds like an evil wizard. It's good. It's a. Good, it's an okay name.
0: Well, sure. If if he were a lizard folk, uh, the fact that he it, in a book where there's a there is a character who is a transmogrified dragon, <laughs> and the and a normal human is named Threve, I mean, maybe that's part of the the symbolism, right? Is that actually the the humans are more monstrous than the dragon but i don't think i don't think that's actually the intent
1: here very deep that is a rose i mean that
0: might that that could actually be the intent overall but it's not the intent behind the name three i'm sure correct
1: yeah i think so i I think you're i think there is maybe there's intent but it's it's like many things in an edit it's kind of lost right Mm -hmm. so uh let's see liz liz who's very attractive and long are in the trunk together <laughs> he talks about why he learned to be human he wanted the creativity of being human his eyes glow in the dark uh he feels very weak um and then he realizes yeah his eyes glowing in the dark if, if anyone had any confusion over
0: whether this guy was a dragon or not i think his eyes glowing in the dark is uh pretty hard to deny pretty hard
1: to deny he says he loves her mother uh he says that uh he explains the prophecy a bit more that like when he when he kind of met the person who would show him the truth that he would lose everything, and he says he loves her, and then he but he can't quite figure out he can't he does he's not strong enough to free them, and then after he kind of talks to Liz a little bit more and gets a gets a kiss from her, which I think is a chaste kiss, uh, he he figures out how to get enough leverage and uses his dragon strength to smack the back of the car open and. Um, the car will not slow down because Rasmussen, who's driving, can see that the trunk is open. But when he takes a, tor- a corner and slows down enough, he actually, like ret- like uh, Long, throws Liz out of the trunk of the car into a bush. <laughs> and then, this isn't a lot of detective work here. I mean, like, he does have the letter. <laughs> he pulls up, the, so the car pulls up, they open the trunk of the car, and Liz is gone. And...
0: On the nature on the nature of detective work, I think that the thing that is disappointing is that the 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 cool part of the mystery get, is the part that is solved almost immediately. The idea that they're they're robbing this bank by virtue of Liz Mac- McNamara designed both halves of of this bank's computer system in secret, mm-hmm. right? Working at separate places and and the bank not knowing that they had, they had accidentally hired the same person twice, basically.
1: Right, right. Nor- normally it's it's and, broken up so nobody knows exactly what the bank's security system is, right?
0: Right. I feel like in any other detective novel mystery story that would that would come much later as a realization and I understand that like the way this is structured you kind of have to put that up front cuz we get Liz on board so early uh, and she knows it; she's not
1: going to deny it. Right, right, right. She, she just reveals what's going on. I mean, it, it is a chase to find her, and then and then the chase switches to saving Martha. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 fine. But I think I think the best moment is when uh, they pull him from the car, and like somebody somebody had called three of a murder, murderous thug at some point, and there's a reference to that. And then Long says, "I've come to make sure it's true." <laughs> like kind of kind of deb, very debonair. And then they just knock him out. Yeah. And then they, they knock him out, but not not before <laughs> revealing that Martha might still be alive on the boat. And then they throw him on the boat and yes. next to Martha and she is alive woohoo and they have this nice little conversation where they seem to forget exactly where they are until they profess their love and then uh, Long kind of comes back to his senses snaps the wires holding them is no longer weak and in pain although his arm still doesn't work from having been shot and Reeve comes in and Long just basically grabs him and snaps his neck and I think it's described like flicking a cigarette lighter just very minimal right Um, which is exactly like the body outside of his room so I'm pretty sure Long killed that guy too. Maybe he came for his treasure. Who knows? And then he just kind of stares Rasmussen down and then everything's okay. Oh, there, there was one more uh, weird reference that I forgot where Liz is in the police station trying to report what happened because she's was thrown into the bush. She's got like a leaf in her hair. That's right. And and, yeah. and and the cop is looking at her trying to decide if she looks like Marlena Dietrich or Greta Garbo. Remember that?
0: Yeah, I well, right. They they ref- say early on the book that Long looks at her. It's like, that's probably the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And yeah, everyone is really... Really, everyone has the hots for Liz McNamara. There's a, and this is true of a lot of romance fiction. But there's definitely, and, and and if if one of your characters is a transmogrified dragon, that is also followed. But like, there's a lot of wish fulfillment. I feel like in this book of a kind <laughs> that, that or at least that's for the audience that this is written for. Cause like you know so Liz who is insanely beautiful and the best computer programmers ever live ends up with uh, Fred or at least that uh, that's Maybe. sort of the implication right right the, the, they're going to get together and and Fred by comparison is uh, you know he's like an extremely nice slob right he's I I, I, think... I feel bad saying that the the book makes him out to be like they describe him as being overweight and he's he's a type like he would be played by um, John Candy in the film right. <laughs> I think like in, in that you really like him you 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 like him and you want him to succeed but like he's not the uh he, he's more comedic relief.
1: Well, what, what, than... What's that movie where Seth Rogen uh, gets together with uh, who's the who was the woman the oh. woman in the Mad Max movie uh, the actress? Charlize Theron. Yeah, Charlize Theron. Oh God, right. Well, isn't she
0: running for president? And he's like in her council or something. Something
1: like something like that. They knew each other beforehand or something. He's kind of charming and ridiculous, but there's but Fred is Fred is not how, Fred is just helpful. How can they know each other? There's like a
0: 28 year age difference between them.
1: Well, I don't think in the movie <laughs> that's it's presented that way. <laughs> I can't remember. But yeah, I, maybe I'm wrong. I,
0: yeah, that uh, I thought you were going to be uh, knocked up when it was uh, Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron is maybe a better example but anyway yeah they it's it's an odd pair i suppose well and i
1: think the wish fulfillment here is that long goes for the the 50 something lady who's described as slightly unkempt you know kind of the the earlier model like like liz right who's who's showing her age but is still nonetheless very compelling to long because of of who she is like like i think i think that's nice um we f- we right. find out more about like long wanted to know what gave man kind of the power of creativity um mm-hmm. and over the part he's become like more more manly um, and she knows mm-hmm. she knows that he she's his master and what does she say she says something like i'd rather be your mistress and then there's some kind of joke <laughs> right. some kind of joke about where, he, where he's got to put his tongue
0: right then they bang <laughs>
1: <laughs> well then she says i'm going to teach you to play the piano and she looks at his long fingers it's very strange
0: oh my god
1: <laughs> uh there's a lot of a lot of references to how long his fingers are in this book very uncomfortable um <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, like it starts. It starts at the beginning, so it's not. It doesn't come out of nowhere. And like the black dragon is supposed to have five fingers instead of three or four, like other dragons, yeah. because it's a scholar and that lets it turn pages. It, uh,
0: it helps him turn pages. Yeah, right? I mean, I mean, I, I mean.
1: I thought that the um, physical
0: description of him was. I, I felt like we didn't get a very clear picture at the beginning, except that he had dark features and was exotic, and you know, all of that classic like.
1: Okay, yeah, thin, darkly dressed, long fingers. <laughs> yep, dark. Like he's from the West Indies, you know, maybe. He's got a British accent for some reason. I
0: think I think I have a tendency to you know, when when you read books, do you do you like picture, you know, either people you know in real life or like movie stars for the the roles? Like how do you how do you picture characters in books? Do you construct a wholly new person?
1: Uh you know, it really it really depends. For for him, I, I, I have somebody with an extremely like long face because his, his nose is described uh-huh. as being very like kinda too big and there was something about like how how just how long his features were and like his <laughs> eyes look kind of like he might have some Chinese heritage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's very odd. Like he looks he looks kind of like like not quite human to me though. But but kind of like I think they would build the character of him on the guy who played Lo Pan in uh, in uh, Big Trouble in Little China. What's that guy's name? He was just in, sure. he was just in Everything Everywhere at All at Once. He's like ninety some years old. He's an actor. <sighs>
0: Yeah, his name is on the tip of my tongue, Um, James Hong. James Hong,
1: yeah, exactly. I I think think James Hong would have to play uh, Malin Long. um, And and the woman could be uh, almost any librarian I know. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, I was just like like Martha McNamara, you know.
0: You know that's interesting. I, I think I came up with a. I have come up with a more original mental picture of Martha Na- McNamara, who I don't and I don't think it's based on it, anyone from film or television or anything. Hmm. And I and I'm I'm curious why that is. Maybe it was built on how I uh, pictured the voice actor uh, that might have had a part who of. Who is it. Martha McNamara to you? Well, I I I'd have to draw you a picture. I don't. Uh, so- I don't. I don't know
1: not an existing actress that you're thinking about. Right,
0: that's what I was saying is that I didn't have I did not have that for for me uh May-Lan Long uh I think because I saw where this book was going and how sort of the, the how stereotypical he was, I just cast him as Pat Morita in my head. Oh. <laughs> And then you know it starts telling me like, oh, well, he's got extremely gaunt, you know, cheekbones, and da da da. And I'm like, okay, yeah, well, I I did a bad job then, but uh, I'm I'm dedicated to it at this point. That's
1: really funny. That's really funny. I, I can actually picture the woman who I think <laughs> who I think looks like Martha McNair, but I don't know what her name is. She's in Succession. She's got a minor part in Succession.
0: Um, everyone keeps telling me about Succession. I haven't seen it. Oh, I don't know anything. About I started it. watching
1: season four last night. It had me laughing so hard. It's so stupid. <laughs> But so fun! It's so fun. Oh, it's ridiculous. So, so I, yeah, I, 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 don't know what to say about this book, but I, but it was, it was uh, short enough that I enjoyed it. Um, I think if the book was written by somebody else, I think it would, would have been twice as long and had way more description, and I think it would have been uh, annoying. Yeah. I found, I found the time period charming. Uh, the tech is, is incomprehensible to me. Uh, except for except for I know the I know the old word processors um, yeah the, the the lack of mystery around the black dragon being a dragon is is also strange and charming and a little weird and yeah I don't know I, I like the mother-daughter tension the Liz and Martha tension mm. Mm-hmm uh like 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 martha was not quite a great mom and was not quite was kind of too much of a mom for liz too liz values independence more and thinks there's one reference that she may have she thought maybe she should have had an abortion or pursued her career more that martha should have uh that that it wasn't right that she gave up her life to raise liz uh i don't remember anything about uh liz's dad being in here um there might've been a mention. I, I, I just,
0: there was a minor mention. Yeah.
1: I, I, I just overall just really like this book. It, it's, it's um, I'm, I'm well, I, I, I think if somebody was like adapting it for another media, it would, mm-hmm. it would like all the violence and the kind of chase aspect of it. The mystery aspect would be ramped up a bit, but, but I, I agree with you in that it's nice that it's just kind of logically played out. And the only real coincidence is the way long finds Liz which I think is forgivable because it happens early enough in the book. It happens, I think yeah. chapter five. So it's, it's, it's very early. I think, I think uh, I read somewhere that mysteries can be kind of satisfying if, if there's a coincidence early that helps the plot along, but not if there's a coincidence later, like, like long, sure, long then sure. follows this trail. And so, yeah, I, I do, anyway, I really like this. I, I um, I'm glad I read it and I know, I know, I know immediately who I will give the book to. So.
0: Okay. Well, that's good. You know, I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, had it not been for this podcast, would I have picked this book up? Probably not. I, once again, I find it hard to recommend, uh, just in the year 2023, but... I think if you're the kind of person who can can handle how how these kinds of characters and these stereotypes were, you know, in the past, then you can probably overlook a lot of it. Or at least you can enjoy it in spite of that. Right. Which is how I enjoy a lot of media these days (laughs) in spite of something. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, there's, it's a it's a real thing. It's like I love uh, I love watching Dumbo, even though it's got like blackface minstrel crows at the end of it. Like, am I gonna just say that Dumbo is a bad movie? No, it's a it's a good movie that has one glaring thing in it that has not aged well, because it came out of an extremely different time period, and you know. What are you gonna do about it? Did you
1: see the live-action Dumbo? Does that there's no crows in the live-action Dumbo? I assume.
0: I well, I assume there is not. I uh, I have not seen the live-action Dumbo. In fact, so the last time I watched Dumbo was on Disney Plus in like 2019 when when Disney Plus was new. And so I watched Dumbo. <laughs> it's when when the movie ends instead of uh, letting just the credits roll, you know. Uh, the the credits are minimized on the screen, and then it's like, do you want to watch the new Dumbo? It's a jump scare, because the new Dumbo, the CGI elephant, is so horrifying to look at. <laughs> he's, he's got fucking taxidermy glass eyes that are the size of dinner plates. Oh, I have not seen this at all. And and is just a wrinkle monster. Oh my god! It's so yeah. I I mean, my understanding is that it's an extremely bad movie. Um, <laughs> I've he- I've heard nothing but bad things about it. But I just remember, like you know, because Dumbo, the actual animated D- Dumbo from like nineteen. 19- 38 or whatever year, or no, that would have been Snow White, 39 or 40 or whatever year it was. Um, it's a real emotional roller coaster. like, you know, you cry, and there, there's, there, it's a great movie. And then you get to the end, and you're like, oh man, I see elephant fly, okay, cool. And then, and then this fucking jump scare happens with this monster Yeah, you like, I, I was legitimately taken back, because, well, because you're not ready for that, you're not ready for... If if you turn off any children's movie and then suddenly a, a monster face, a CGI articulated monster face, is there waiting for you at the other end of it. Yeah, that's weird. That's a weird place to put it. That's really funny. Disney should have anticipated that. That's really, that's really uh, funny. I, um, also, so I think we've probably... I think that's it. So... <laughs> that So that was... Uh,
1: Tea with the Black Dragon by R.A. McAvoy, which we both think you should read, apparently.
0: Well, I think, with some caveats, I think that oh, some no. people should read. I don't think everyone should read I think it. You're... I think, you know, it, look, it, if you listen to this podcast and you think it sounds good, then yeah, read it. If if you're maybe a little iffy on it, you know, uh, you can read the first chapter, decide for yourself, or you can just never read it because you've listened to the whole plot and all the spoilers.
1: Uh, I think you should read it. I don't think <laughs> I think like, we spoiled it to that extent. It's, it's a fun book in places. So, uh... Let's see. If you know anything we should read, you can you can email us uh, email us at uh, what, bookstabberpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know. And next time, what are we yes. reading? Uh,
0: I, we haven't picked.
1: No, we did pick. Um, You're wrong. We did pick.
0: Well, you you want me to read the sequel to The Pastel City, but then no, I thought about no, it, I thought, no, no. wait a minute. No, no, no. That no, no. can't be good.
1: No, no, no. We, we, well, no. What are we reading? We're, I don't remember. We're reading The Broken Sword by Paul Anderson.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, right. That, well, that'll be easy for me. I've already read that one, so I get to take the next... Three weeks off. Can you can oh, you talk yeah.
1: about a book you read that long ago? I mean, is your is your memory so good?
0: Oh, I, I'll re-listen to it, but I um I remember quite a bit of it. Oh, good.
1: All right. Yeah. I, I I've just I've started it. I'm I'm curious. I think the last Paul Anderson we read was one we talked about was the Conan book. So uh, I haven't read a, another fantasy by him. So
0: I actually just started reading uh like an hour before this recording, uh, the Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, because one of our listeners uh, wrote in, and we get so few listener write ins that I want to give
1: give those a fair shot oh okay well maybe, maybe maybe we can do that as a bonus episode I uh, I read that a long time ago so
0: okay well I mean we'll see I'm only an hour into it and it may be that I've decided that I don't like it oh, we'll find out on. it's oh it's oh I'm looking at it now it's it's actually v- pretty long
1: we'll we'll see the Schwab is such a good uh, writer I mean it's a great book I think you'll like it I hope okay to talk about later
0: and uh sure and uh shout out to my girlfriend Kaylee uh who specifically wanted a shout out because she's so smart and beautiful
1: <laughs> hey Kaylee
0: Our all right, and so then we will catch you on the flip side of the podcast verse next time <laughs> with Paul Anderson's The Broken Sword and maybe also V.E. Schwab book. Okay. Who knows? All right. The world's full of mystery. Later on. Eat your dessert first. Okay, fine. Uh, keep stabbing.